What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manerfeld. Robert Stangler, Nick Rudig on the mic. We're here with another episode. We'll be talking about MLB Draft, which is coming up in just a few weeks. July 11th is the draft date. Got some intriguing names to go over today. Go over some scouting prowess with our guys, Robert and Nick, who are our prospect gurus. But first, let's see how the guys are doing. Guys, what's going on? Robert, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, man. I'm enjoying the Shohei show. Shohei Otani is on an absolute roll right now, and it's just amazing what kind of pitches this guy can hit out for home runs. If you're not if you're not tuning into this show right now, you should be. This guy's potentially at 60 home runs this season. I'm not joking. Dude's unbelievable, and he hit one on Monday night as we're recording. He hit one. So it was that 28? I think 26. Yeah. 26? Yeah, 26 bombs. Yep. An inside curveball, and he just stayed with Crushed it. it. Yeah, a 3-2 count. Yep. Crazy. So yeah, Shohei Otani's pretty ridiculous, and maybe he'll entice other Japanese players to come over and show their skills off. But Otani's probably once in a generation talent. Yeah. So don't think we're gonna ever see this uh, again anytime soon. No. Nick, what's up with you, man? Um, well, I'm recouping from the France loss to Switzerland. That's um, tough. I didn't couple, know you're such a couple, France fan, being from hours, America. So. A couple hours of uh, crying and getting over that, but yeah. Yeah, France all the way. Not this year because they choke. So, France. Why France of all the countries that you were not born in? Because um, France just, it's got this allure of having amazing soccer. Okay. <laughs> that still doesn't really make any sense to uh, me. Because they, they have uh, great players. They, they also... have great players. I, it's because uh, my, one of my favorite Premier League team is Tottenham. And Hugo Lloris is from France, and he's Tottenham's goalie. Oh, so you're obsessed with him. Yeah. They're also, like, one of the best teams in the world, so that might have something to do with it. Like the World Series, or the World Cup world defending Series, champs. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And this is a soccer sounds like Sounds like a bandwagon to me. I'll, band, I'll, I'll bandwagon it. Yeah. I'm okay I mean, with that. you literally I'm a fan are of the fans. Minnesota, I'm a fan of Minnesota sports. I'll bandwagon uh I mean, you're a fan team. of the World Cup defending champions, though. I mean, I like, they also, Bayern, I like Bayern Munich. Yeah, it's bandwagon. Yeah, that's definitely bandwagon. You probably can't even name one player on the team anymore. Oh, yeah, probably not. You're probably right. I mean, they're Aren't they bad some... now? Pretty sure they're bad now. So no, they're bad. good. They're always oh, good. All right. Yeah. All right. There's not much competition over there in Germany. It's uh, only a few good teams. Weak league. All right. Uh, MLB draft. Like I said, it's coming up, but uh, before we get into the conversation, I just want to remind you we're on all the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your audio, you can find us. We're on social media as such as Pod on Facebook and Twitter, and our Gmail, uh, if you have any questions or comments, are thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. That's thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, all right, let's go over some of these the top prospects. We're going to go over some of the maybe like the first five picks and see how they could go because um, everyone's kind of interested in like, like those first those top guys and then after that people just kind of lose interest to be honest and don't expect guys to break out robert's always going down the whole first round but i think a casual baseball fan probably doesn't go as far as he does but robert you just recently had a, a stream on your twitch which you can plug if you want and uh, you, you kind of broke down some of the guys that might be going in that first round. 
What were some of your takeaways? Uh, who do you like the most? Give us some of your thoughts, uh, some initial thoughts before we get into this conversation. I think it's pretty obvious. Some of the more talented players, one really standing out to me is Jordan Lawler. I think a lot of people, I'm going to botch his last days, either Maynard or Meyer, I'm not exactly sure, but a lot of people project him to go first. I think Jordan Lawler is the more favorite to be a first overall pick, and the reason being is because I think his swing is just easier to work with, and it's just more of an inside out, whereas Marcelo Mayer, or Marcelo, however you pronounce it, he's a guy that's fits the Corey Seager build, where there's a little bit more work to it. Corey Seager obviously didn't exactly come out blazing out of the major league level when he first came up. He was good, but he had to work his way to where he was a couple years ago, actually being last year where he broke out. And I just think Jordan Lauer, to me, had so many comps. I've seen him as a Trey Turner talent. Some have said Xander Bogarts. I just think the upside with him is incredibly high, and he also is a pretty good runner as well. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, this year there isn't, like, a clear-cut number one where we're talking, like, a Bryce Harper or Steven Strasburg or, you know, an Adley Rutschman type. So um, definitely could be multiple players that go in that that first pick. Um, Robert, what do you look for when you look at some of these guys? Because I'm kind of curious because you do the research – you're kind of a prospect guy. That's that's your your zone. So when you look at the videos of these guys, what stood out to you, and I guess what what does your eye look for? What do you what do you go to? Well, well, usually the toughest thing for me is when we see a high profile case on a left-handed hitter, I get a little skeptical because we don't have so many dominating left-handed hitters in the game today. It's more so right-handed, and that's just kind of how it is because there's more righties in the world than there are lefties. But that's just one of those things where there's a caution for me. There's a flag, and that's kind of the other reason I'm not a big fan of Marcelo Mayer is because he's left-handed. Now, the reason I like Jordan Lawler, like I said, and just hitters like him is the inside-out swing. I've been talking about it all season long. The reason I like Cedric Mullins so much is because he has such a good inside-out swing. Shohei Otani also has that. I mean, the list goes on and on. The first thing I look for in hitting is an inside-out swing because you don't have to work with it so much. Whereas guys that have swings like Mayer or Meyer, he's definitely a guy who's more likely to pull the baseball. Not saying he can't go the other way, but he's going to struggle with pitches that are away where he's going to try and pull it for home runs. I think it's it's just something that is just really notable for me when I'm looking at hitters. For sure. What about on the pitching side? So for pitchers, it's pretty simple for me. It's just mechanics. I really don't like guys who do too much in their mechanics or they're a little bit vicious. We'll, we'll definitely get into Jack Leiter, I think. But the one reason I really don't like him is I just think he speeds up his mechanics a little bit too much. I don't know what, what the purpose is of that, really. But I think once he gets to the big league level, he's going to calm down a little bit and he's going to end up being a solid pitcher. But right now... I am very concerned about those vicious mechanics because it can lead to many things as far as issues in arm injuries, leg issues. There's just so many things that can go into that are very concerning if you're one to be a scout. But another thing is when I comp something like that, look at Tim Lincecum. I know their size is different, but Lincecum had vicious mechanics too. He definitely was quick um, on the mound, and it's just something that really concerns me. So if you just have solid, fluid mechanics, you're definitely going to get on my radar a lot quicker. Nick, uh, for you, I don't know how much research you've done. I know Robert broadcasts his research, but what what do you look for when you're looking at MLB draft prospects and who's kind of been standing out for you? Uh, for me, it's, I mean, depending on the, the I guess, the, the level you're looking at for, like, um, I mean, if you're looking at high schoolers, usually 
like shortstops mostly you're looking for kind of a, a guy who's not fully built there's a guy named Brady House who's kind of already fully built he's a shortstop high school guy and he's getting a lot of Bryce Harper comp um, but if you look at him it seems he's, he's kind of a guy that's already filled out um, he's already a guy that's already kind of maxed out what, what his build is going to be like it's only a matter of time until they, they change up his swing and stuff but when you're looking at guys I, I agree with Paul I'm big on Lawler I think he's I think he's got all the tools he's athletic he's fast and I think that's the one thing you want want guys who, who who kind of have the athleticism who are willing to to to, to keep working and I think Lawler kind of has that that ability in him and and then for the pitching side a lot of it's kind of college guys you want to find these college guys and it, it and the tough one right now with Kumar is is how much velocity he lost lost over the year. Um, I think he went down. I think he was starting like 95, 96, and he's and he went down to the the low 90s later in the season. And I think that's a little bit of, of workload, a little bit of, of first time ever doing this. Um, and Lighter kind of stuck with it, so that's kind of why I am a bigger fan on Lighter than I am Kumar, um, just because of the stamina he he showed at the end of the year. So. Those are two of the big things is for pitching is to see what they do at the end of the year compared to the start of the year because, I mean, all these guys are going to dominate at the beginning of the year when they're fresh and they're ready to go. Um, and, and other than that, just bat-to-ball skills with hitters. There's a lot of guys who can hit bombs. There's a guy named Judd Fabian who's who, who can absolutely crush the ball, but they're, they're, he's kind of guessing at pitches. He was third in the SEC in strikeouts, but he, he hits bombs. Um, so that's kind of a, a concern of mine. Uh, when you see guys, when, when we have a shortstop named Watson, who's another big guy in the, I guess the top three shortstops right now is Watson, um, Lawler, and Mayer. And, and Watson's a guy who can make contact. He has great bat-to-ball skills. And when you see a guy at, at, at high school level who's still able to make, make solid contact almost on every pitch, I think that's something to keep an eye on when you're, when you're looking at hitters, especially at a high school level. Yeah, that, that the interesting thing about pitchers is the high school versus college comp because we've seen in the past – High school pitchers have a huge, huge risk associated mm-hmm. with them. One, it takes them longer to develop. Two, they seem to have a lot more injury-prone issues, and that's why. And a lot of them end up not being starters and going to the bullpen. Um, you know, just a few off the top of my heads, like Brady Aiken, um, who's the Marlins guy, uh, Kohler or Kolick? Yeah, Kolick. Kolick. Yeah, just a few Kolick. off the top of my head, and then um, you know, Pine. Hunter Hunter Green's a, a one that was recently drafted, who's still kicking and. Yeah, still shows a lot of promise, but he, uh, you know, when you throw him that hard, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if you see an injury with him too. So I think the safer pick would be college pitchers, and that's a good segue into our uh, next discussion. Is the two uh, big college pitchers this year uh, both play for the same team, Vanderbilt? It's Jack Leiter, who is the uh, is it the nephew of Al Leiter? I think it's yeah. actually the son. No, I no think he's it's the nephew. Son. I thought he's he? nephew. I thought he's yes. the son. The nephew. Oh, okay. It's a nephew, and then you've got Kumar Rocker, and uh, both of them have been tearing it up for Vanderbilt this season, uh, which is one of the top college baseball teams in the uh, in the country. Um, but like Robert said, Leiter's got this interesting delivery. It's very violent, but he does throw hard, yep. and uh, you know his fastball reaches upper in nineties. Kumar Rocker has a little bit more of a repeatable delivery, um, but his you know he's got to work on his command a little bit, I think. So there, there's obviously we're not looking at finished products here, uh, finished product here in the in the college scene. But um, these guys, I think, are pretty uh, pretty good for um, the age that they're at. I think they're both 21. So that's gonna be the conversation going in. Who do you like better, Robert, out of those two? Well, for me, it's gotta be 
Kumar Rocker, and it's because of his mechanics. It's just so easy to repeat it. I think his stuff is more consistent as far as fluency, meaning, yeah, I would say Lighter has better stuff, but I just don't think it's going to be as consistent, at least right now at this level, based on what I was saying with his mechanics being so vicious and how much he's going to have to change and how much will that affect his gameplay Whereas when he's at Vanderbilt, you know, he's pitching the way he's pitching. But for me, Kumar Rocker, I mean, Nick, you were talking about velocity. Another guy who was at Duke for the Diamondbacks, Bryce Jarvis, lost all of his velocity when he came over to the Diamondbacks. And then all of a sudden, it was a couple years later, and he got his velocity back. So I think that's very possible as well with Kumar Rocker. So if they're really leaning towards being a concern in velocity, I think that's something that could easily come back. There's, there's so many reasons for that, and it, I just don't think that's something that should turn teams off as far as saying, oh, I like lighter better because he throws harder, and that's only because Kumar Rocker's velocity is down. I just think Kumar Rocker has more polish in his pitches, and the one pitch that I really, really like actually more than his slider is his curveball. And the reason I like his curveball a lot is because it's able to hit the plane on the outside corner without hanging it so much. I know, Luke, we talked about when we saw some of his tape, you thought he maybe was hanging it just a little bit. But I think if you look at it, I think there's an extra spin on there that makes that curveball just perfectly placed right on that outside corner. And that's something that I really like with uh, Kumar Rocker's curveball. Yeah, I, I thought it was a little loopy, but I think with development that he could probably th throw that a little harder with a little more a little more bite to it just right now it looks loopy and i don't think that's going to play at the major league level um but he does have two solid pitches in this fastball and the slider um the thing about lighter is he's kind of a two pitch pitcher right now too i mean he does have a curveball and slider but he really relies on that fastball curveball combination um he does have a change up but he doesn't use it very often and so that's kind of what makes, I feel like, is kind of the differential between a major league pitcher and a prospect is a changeup. Because there are a lot of college, good college and high school pitchers that have two pitches, a fastball and a, and a breaking ball. But the changeup is what eludes them. And that is how you get out. That's how you get hitters out from the opposite side of the plate, whether it's a lefty or righty, depending on what arm you are. And so it's hard to say. It looks like, you know, I was looking at tape of lighter the other day. I was interested. He the changeup looks solid when he throws it, but he throws it like less than five percent of the time. And so I think it's because it, he doesn't need it in college. But when you go to the major league level, you're going to need it. So I actually do like lighter more because he did he has flashed a very solid changeup, and I think that bodes well for his development. He has something to build off of. Whereas Kumar is really a fastball breaking ball right now, and he hasn't really used a changeup at all. So we're gonna have to see. It's it's hard to predict that because who knows? Kumar does have the solid mechanics. I do agree with you there. So he could learn a changeup fairly quickly, and you don't know who they're going to encounter along the way, whether it's a pitching coach or another player that could teach him a good grip or something like that. But right now I think lighter is the, the advantage in my mind. Nick, what do you think out of these two Vanderbilt pitchers? Yeah, I mean, I, I still think lighter long-term, and I, it's a lot of what you said, Luke. The, his, he uses fastball to get strikeouts um, in college, and I think that's, that's, that's a way to get by in college. But as we see in the majors, that's you can't strike guys out with fastballs. I mean, no matter how hard you throw, they're going to make contact with it majority of the time. Um, so I think if once he starts developing that changeup, once he starts using that, he has a cutter now that he's using um, and stops pitching backwards. He uses his curveball almost just for early count strikes, which is kind of odd. Uh, but uh, his fastball is great. If he uses that early in counts to get to get ahead of batters and starts using that changeup or, or another off-speed pitch, I think he's he's set. Uh, the thing with Kumar is I, I, I still think he throws hard. I think he can throw – his 97 like he was this year but his 
but my concern was that he fell off pretty hard he lost like five miles per hour six miles per hour by the end of the season and he's a bigger guy there's always that concern i mean with lighter he's smaller they both have their concerns with their size kumar could put on weight lighter could not maybe he couldn't hold the whole season but uh i think just projectable i think lighter has the athletic build he has the even if he has an aggressive mechanics we don't know what's going to happen in the minors. Like Luke said, it's hard to predict who, what pitching coach they're going to get or pitching coach they're going to go through. But uh, just from pure stuff, I think Leiter has has more more unfinished, uh, undone. I mean, unfinished, untapped, uh, untapped stuff. Yeah. Then I think yeah, like you said, Rocker's pretty. He's got his stuff ready, and this is what he's going to throw this in his career. For sure. Um, looking at the first few teams that are going up in the. Uh, in the draft and where they could uh, make their selections. Let's see. Number one is the. Let's see, I just had it. Pirates. Yep. Yeah, the Pirates are number one, I think. Pirates, Rangers, pirates. Tigers, Red Sox, Oreos. Mm-hmm. And then Diamondbacks. And then Diamondbacks. Yep. So, uh,. Robert, uh, what do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to be intriguing in these first few round, uh, first few picks? Do you think there's going to be surprises or hey, Lawler was your number one pick? But what do you think behind him? Yeah, he's my number one pick, but I don't think he's going to go number one. Unfortunately, everyone's mm-hmm. talking about Mayer being the better shortstop defensively and just being more of a polished big league shortstop, whereas Lawler probably profiles more either at third base, kind of like we talked about Xander Bogarts. If there wasn't. Um, if the the Red Sox could potentially obviously move Bogarts into the outfield because they have some options in the minor leagues, but I think Meyer is definitely one of those players that is more of a true shortstop, whereas Jordan Lowler just seems more like an outfield third base profile. But I just think his tools are just so loud. I mean, we're talking about a guy that has the potential, and I'm not even kidding you, the potential to be a 30-30 player because this is this is a ridiculous talent. And I just don't think if you had the first overall pick, can you pass on this guy? Because whether he works for you or not, you can definitely deal him and get exactly what you need, say, later down in the road of the future. I think Lowler's just too good to pass up on upside-wise. One thing that's really interesting is I'm looking at the CBS mock draft. They have Jackson Job going as the first pitcher, number hmm, first three pitcher. to the Tigers. Yeah. I saw that too. Over Tigers the really like guys. Him, I saw. Yeah. So that would be interesting because we just talked about high school pitchers and their risk. But the Tigers also have a very deep pitcher. They have a lot of pitchers. Pitcher farm system. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of those guys were college guys, weren't they? Like Casey Mize, the college guy. Mm-hmm. Manning was college, or was he high school? He might have been uh, high school. That's a good question. I don't know about that one. So, yeah, it's interesting to me. They, they wouldn't go with a lighter because I feel like they're going to be competing in, you know, a few years here. And yeah, a lighter yeah. or a Kumar would, rocker would be more. Those college arms. And- would be coming up a little sooner. So, yeah. that, that's interesting to me. But, I mean, it's not what they're going to pick. I'm just, just obviously just a mock draft. <laughs> right, but, speculation. Yeah. yeah. And then the Red, they have the Red Sox getting lighter four. And then the Orioles, which we had talked about before the, before the podcast, Henry Davis is what they're projected to get through multiple mock drafts. He's a catcher from Louisville. They have Adley Rutschman, who is the top yeah. catching prospect in baseball. Will probably be the number one overall prospect after Wander Franco. Franco, I got we got to correct ourselves on that. We said that completely names, wrong man. all last names. week. Names, names will get you. Wander Franco, uh, Franco will graduate from the list here soon. So uh, that's interesting to me. Why would the Orioles go for a catcher? I think it just. I mean, they're just in best player still, and I think he doesn't. He doesn't project as a catcher long term. I think they could put him in in right field. He has a can't. He has one of the strongest arms 
in college baseball right now. Uh, so I think he projects as maybe going out to right, maybe even try him at third base. We've seen, I mean, what was Pablo Sandoval was, was a catcher that they used at third base for the Giants system. So maybe they try him over there. Uh, but I think just his bat's incredible. Yeah, I think it, it probably one of the better bats in the draft right now, just from up here. Preparedness to get to that major league. I mean, a lot of people compare him to Torkelson and, and the, the Twins guy, Sabato, uh, just for his, his ball to his bat-to-ball skills and how much power he can produce. So I think they're just going for best player they can get. Yeah, that's always been my mantra is don't worry about position. Just get the best player. But I also I also saw that uh, the Pirates might be going for him. Yeah, they said he on, might go first overall. On a financial wow. on a financial decision. Yeah, to save money on the oh. slot. They could, well, the twins, did, the twins did that a few years ago when they yeah. got uh, Buxton instead of – well, no, Royce Lewis instead yeah. of um, – who did they – was it Correa? No, that was Buxton's draft. Who they went it? for Royce Lewis over Hunter Green. That's what it was, wasn't it? Could have been, something like that. But yeah, they went over – they went for a guy and they signed him for less money and then they saved money less farther down the draft. And this is a draft that brought like Brent Rooker. draft. Like some of these guys that you don't think about in the first round that are top 10 prospects now. So it actually does mm-hmm. help. You just don't think about it as much. Uh, I'm reading this thing about Henry Davis. The, uh, they write uh, about him and Adley Rutschman. Don't worry about it. Just get the best player and figure it out later. So that's like what you said, Nick. Uh, and he also mentioned Henry Davis has the athleticism and arm to fit in right field. So. Well, and the thing is, Adley Rutschman has so much upside, though. I feel like he's not going to stick at catcher forever. So if you have a guy like Henry Davis, I know you're thinking, Nick, he's not exactly your projectable starting catcher for the future, but Adley Rushman's bat is way more important, and you got to make sure he's healthy versus Henry Davis. So I think Henry Davis actually would profile more as the catcher long-term than Rushman just because you got to keep that guy healthy. Yeah, that's it's interesting. I, I think Rushman is such an elite defensive catcher, though. And so, like, yeah, we're, t- we're talking about I a move off catcher far down the line. But you don't want those legs. You don't want those legs to give out. I know, but his glove is, uh, like, it's unbelievably good. So I don't think they're going to be moving him anytime soon. It might be a Maurer situation where it's, like, middle of his career. You after move he gets him. a couple of concussions. Yeah, after oh, you feel get some injuries. Because it's going to happen. Catchers get beat up yeah, back there. Yeah, beat up. Yeah. So, and that, we're talking about Jack Leiter. He let up a home run the first inning at the College World Series. So mm. there you go. Maybe he's not as good as we think. Mm, one home run. Just kidding. It's one home run. <laughs> um, so looking farther down the draft, we've got your Dimebacks, Robert, picking sixth overall. What do you think they're going to do there? Well, are you intrigued by that pick? Because, you know, the Dimebacks draft history has been interesting. They've been hit or miss. It's usually their front office trading guys that are good mm-hmm. and getting worse guys in return. They don't. They, I feel like they do a good job with the draft. They're just not good at, like, keeping those players and develop, developing them. They did, yeah. they did draft Dansby Swanson. That's a miss. But they also drafted Jazz Chisholm. So. Yeah, they did. They did. That one I actually cannot complain about. That one was fine. But, yeah, so like you said, Dansby Swanson from Vanderbilt, speaking of, that one I absolutely did not like at all because I noticed just from some tape watching him, he hits the ball into the ground a lot. And now I know he's starting to hit the ball in the air. But, again, this is a guy who really only hits on pitches that are right down the middle. That, to me, just isn't that impressive, as anyone in this game can hit meatballs at the highest level. So I wasn't really a big fan of him, but the fact that we even just traded him after just getting him really ticked me off, and I just don't want to see that trend continue, as uh, there is speculation that the Diamondbacks will get Kumar Rocker, and if they do get him, 
I, I, I mean, this is a guy, like I said, repeatable mechanics. This is a team that has had history of having some elite starting pitching, but not kept it. I'm talking about getting rid of Trevor Bauer, getting rid of Max Scherzer way back in the day. They've had some elite names, but not kept them. So they, if they get Kumar Rocker, they better keep him if he's the real deal, that is. And you know what the funny thing is? A lot of mock drafts have them going Khalil Watson, another shortstop. So whatever yeah. it is, the Dimebacks and shortstops. Oh, well... And the, the, yeah, and the thing about Khalil Watson is his profile is basically just like Chaz Chisholm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. if they got another Chaz Chisholm, I think they would look at that as a win because they got Zach Gallen in the trade for Zach Chis- or not Zach Chis- Chaz Chisholm. So that's something that maybe they end up getting a good starting pitcher and now they get another Chisholm back. That's maybe a process there. Yeah, what is with them in shortstops? I don't know. Best position, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can move them anywhere. <laughs> they can do whatever they want. Um I've seen a couple of them taking uh, Harry Ford. He's uh, he he's I'll I'll describe him just like a, he's another Craig Biggio type catcher, second base, center fielder. But he's actually an, an incredible catcher. Harry but he's Ford. there he is. But he's the guy with the really weird batting stance, right? Yeah, super yeah. quick bat though. Yeah, that's incredibly what fast bat. But uh, I've seen a lot of a lot of him go in there, and I know I like Dal- Dalton Varsho for them and I think he kind of does the same thing catcher center field that kind of that kind of Biggio mold but uh, what do you think if they go for for that kind of guy over or Watson or uh, they or, have uh, Jackson this mock draft has him 16th of the month I don't like that I I, yeah. I think there's a guy that I, I was talking about quite a bit on my stream and actually I will plug that that's Bobby Baseball if you guys want to check it out I do stream I like to talk baseball mostly, but I do play games as well. But the guy that I noticed from UCLA, Matt McClain, talk about shortstop. I think this is a guy, Mm -hmm. if the Diamondbacks were to find a sneaky pick, I think this guy right here is a sneaky pick because this is a compact, smaller guy who can flat-out run and just fill kind of the Diamondback mold because you're talking about a team that took a chance on Corbin Carroll where a lot of teams, and that's the outfielder for the Diamondbacks, a lot of teams didn't want to take a chance on him because of his size. They thought he was too small, but... He's a fast guy. He's quick, and I think Matt McClain is kind of that same build, and I think there's a lot of upside in Matt McClain's bat in yeah. general. And it, it, it throws out the window when you're talking about financial stuff because if MLB draft's weird, it's not like any other draft. You have a slot value, mm-hmm. so you only have so much money allocated to each draft pick. And so there are teams that will pick someone lower knowing that they can sign them for cheaper to save that money for later rounds. So the, usually that, that affects like the top five teams in the draft. They sometimes will do that. Yeah, I mean, and so like Nick was saying, the Pirates. the Pirates might be thinking of doing that so they can save money lower down the draft and get better players. And and sometimes that helps because there are players that slip lower rounds because they're committed to a school. But if you can give them a little more money, they might sign with you. So it does make a difference. It's just uh, that's a little more complex than I think we have time to go into of uh, all the complexities of MLB drafts. The MLB has to make everything more complicated than it needs to be, but that's how they do it. All right. Uh, we're about to wrap this up, but uh, give us one guy you're you're intrigued by in this draft, and it could be someone you mentioned already. Robert, what do you think? Like the most intrigued? Yeah, sure. Oh, or just man. someone at top of mind for you. Uh, for me, I think the most intriguing player is Henry Davis because I saw some tape on him. I didn't like how his bat was on his shoulders. That's definitely got to change. I know he has a really quick bat. They talked about how he hit the ball on the ground too much versus in the air. It's a little bit of a concern for me. I think there's some work to be done with him, so I think that's an intriguing player right there because of some of the flaws early on. All right, Nick. 
Uh, my guy, mine is a guy I kind of mentioned earlier, but his name's Brady House. He's a shortstop, high school shortstop. Seems like there's a hundred that are in the going to be taking the first round this year. But uh, he's getting a lot of Bryce Harper comps from the right side. He's got incredible torque. They say like like Bryce Harper does. He just rips the bat through the zone. He makes contact. Huge power down the line, and and he's a fast guy. Um, so a guy that's getting Bryce Harper comps that's not a really a big name right now. I think that's a guy to watch out for. Robert's the guy on your stream that had the really long swing, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was really long. Yeah, yeah it was know. really kind of hard to watch yeah. a little bit. It's, it's going to be tough for him to hit fastballs up in the zone early on. But he career. does swing hard, so, so yes, if someone does. can fix that and get his hands to the zone a little faster, because like man, that is it was he was like <laughs> even in batting practice he didn't even look that good to be honest. Yeah. Like, no, that's a, that's a good point to bring up, Luke. Sometimes people get tricked in batting practice. Never scout players because of batting practice. No. I just don't think that's a good indicator at all. So I think for Brady House, Nick, it's like a, it's projectable because he does yeah. have such a strong swing and he's a strong player mm-hmm. that if someone can fix that swing early on, then he's going to have some immense potential. And he's a great fielder too. So uh, For me, I'm really, really intrigued to see how these Vandy guys do. They're They're viral on Twitter. I really want to see how they do in in this uh, when they get drafted and, and face some tougher competition. So it's mm-hmm. Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter for me. And uh, you know Al Leiter is really annoying on MLB Network, and they, his nephew will be a fun player to watch, right? So <laughs> hopefully, well, yeah. it'll be interesting because Vanderbilt's really good at producing pitchers, but not so much hitters in their career. So they got two front line pitchers right now. Yep. Well, I, who are you considering? For what pitching? Yeah, two. Oh, you're talking uh, about Leiter and Rocker? No, no, I'm saying, well, Bueller, Sonny well, Gray. Done, both. I know, David Price, there's a lot. Yep, but yeah, Nick, but are you talking about like there's hitters. two frontline starters now? Oh, okay. Yeah, about, Kumar, yeah, Oh, you're talking about, okay, you're talking about on their team. I thought you meant in the majors so right now. No. <laughs> Which there are, yeah. there's plenty of fans. But, like, yeah, they're hitting. I mean, we, we haven't seen Austin Martin yet, obviously, so he's definitely a hitter that should be interesting later down the road. But Dansby Swanson. I don't think really lived up to his hype, and he was from Vanderbilt. So pitching is more so the department for that college. All right, well, the draft's on July 11th, so make sure to tune in. The draft's always fun just because uh, you project these guys, you forget about them, and then two years down the line, they're the top five prospect in baseball. So um, that's how baseball works. You don't get to see them right away. So it's it's exciting, but at another point, you got to realize it's going to take a while for them to get up. Um, well, this was fun. I like talking prospects, and uh, next week – I don't know what we'll talk about. Maybe some all-star game. I know Robert's not super enthused about the all-star game, but I think we can do some. Uh, we can do a little uh, team draft or something like that him. and make it fun. Yeah, entice me, please. Yeah, we'll find something. But thanks for tuning in today, guys. Really appreciate it. We'll be here all season. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your audio, you can find us. Are on Facebook and Twitter at Stitches Pod there, and our email is dstitchespodcast at gmail.com. That's dstitchespodcast at gmail.com. All right, we'll talk to y'all next week. Take care.